you know, a lot of lives changed on 911, but arguably no more than the life of Dr. Judy Wood. She was like all of us that morning, just transfixed to the television. But what she saw was something she thoroughly didn't understand. And she should, having a PhD from Virginia Tech, a professor of mechanical engineering, she knows this stuff backwards and forwards, and what she saw defied anything. Now, of course, at that moment, she figured a lot of her colleagues were on board. (laughs) Yeah, wait till you hear this story. In the meantime, I've got a link at Raleigh.net to Where Did the Towers Go? I think it is the definitive book on what happened on 911, and I am pleased to welcome Dr. Judy Wood to WGN Radio. Thanks for joining us, Judy. Well, thanks so much for having me. I uh, I think about you probably every day because we're now almost two decades from that fateful morning. And when you witnessed what was going on, I'm sure initially you thought you would have a lot of colleagues on board with you. What happened? That's, that was the scariest day of my life because I remember sitting in the faculty conference room looking at the reruns on the television set of this building poofing out into dust and looking around the room like, don't you guys see this? Isn't this weird? And they looked at me like I was a wacko. They were already just swallowed up by the media, being directed to go where the media took them. So I went up to my office and I tried to do some calculations uh, about, like, how long it would take this stuff to hit because it just poofed really quickly. The North Tower took eight seconds. Well, the ground shook for eight seconds. It takes nine and a half seconds in a vacuum to drop a bowling ball off the roof of the building, have it hit the pavement. In other words, this building didn't slam to the ground. It mostly turned to dust in midair. That alone, and again, you go back to your office, because I'm sure at that moment when everybody is, is buying at hook, line, and sinker, you think to yourself, well, maybe I'm off. i got to do the calculations. So here's something that you studied for years, did dissertation in that would be related. We're teaching this every day in school, and everything you were seeing defied anything you knew, and absolutely nobody said yeah, this is a problem. Now, in the last 20 years, whether quietly or openly, have other scientists come forth and said, yeah, I know exactly what you saw? Yes, I've had engineers read my book and contact me and say, oh, my gosh. Uh, there's uh, one that even uh, uh, quit his job to to make a movie about this and put it online. It gets censored a lot, you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but you know, several. But they don't want their their name out there. They want to hide in the shadows because like there's some that are um, do consulting work and they'd be out of business. Well, that's pretty much what what happened to you. Now, as you started to press the issue, and of course, it is well documented. And where did the towers go? What happened to your academic career? Well, I I left the university to uh, to pursue you know. Uh, what happened is I felt like nothing was more important. Plus, I was in a position that it was easier for me without family members to harass. Uh, and because somebody who has a, you know, a, a kids going to college and, and house mortgage payments and all that and a big family, they, that, they can't do that. Plus, their family members would be threatened, like um, we're seeing with other things uh, recently. 
and it's it's uh, how people get manipulated. But also being a female, uh, it becomes easier. They think it's easier to marginalize. Right. Uh, you know, oh, she's not serious because none of her colleagues are standing up behind her and whatnot. And I I ran into that quite a lot, and I think that's one thing that kept me alive. Uh, but there's something else I'd like to point out. You know uh, how I got started? You know, I waited four years. Yeah. And you know why? What was up? Well, uh, the 2000 presidential election. In Florida, everything went haywire, and you know, uh, hanging chads and all that. And then and the, the grown-ups said, well, we can't fix this election, but we'll fix it the next one. And then 9-11 happened, and the grown-ups were going to look into that, too. In 2004, the, the ballot business went haywire in, in uh, Ohio. It's not about which party. It's like, it, does your vote count is the issue. And uh, at that point, I went, wait a minute. It's, uh, they're not going to fix that. They're not going to fix 9-11. You know, they are, they're not going to, somebody has to do it. Um, whose job is it? This is our country, our planet. And uh, I felt like I was in a position to do it and had to do it no matter what. And you did. And uh, the uh, one of the real credible things here is you're not coming out and saying so-and-so perpetrated this or this group perpetrated this. Mm-mm. You're saying, here's the science. And uh, and with that in mind, and I love the term dustification, that, that is yours all the way. Obviously, when you did your initial calculations and found out that this didn't compute you didn't stop there so tell me after all the calculations and all the research what happened well put it in concise terms the buildings didn't burn up nor did they slam to the ground they mostly turned to dust in midair smaller particles of dust than anything we've seen before it it, uh, was on the order of the size of dna one-hundredth of the size of red blood cells. So you can imagine with this dust being inhaled, you know, humans aren't made to inhale that kind of thing. And that's another uh, weird thing. But what I also saw is, okay, as I looked at the evidence more and more, you let the evidence speak to you. You let the evidence tell you what happened. If you don't know what happened, keep listening to the evidence until you do. And then I... That's why I come up with terms like dustification. If you assign another term to it, you're going to be assuming a cause. Like if you call it smoke, well, you're assuming fire to be the cause. And for me, the the uh, definition of dustification is whatever it was that happened. And so if you come up with terms like that, they're placeholders until you know what the mechanism is. And there's uh, another phenomenon called fuzzballs. You see people right after the, the building went poof, didn't collapse, it went poof. <laughs> uh, you're looking westward in this nice, clear blue sky, and you see somebody walking along with their feet through dust, and they, as they step, they get this fluff kicking up. You realize that wasn't, that, that was, it's a loft now. It couldn't have settled out of the sky in air that fine of powder. It had to be coarse powder when it landed and then became fine powder. In other words, it was still breaking down. Wow. 
Wow. Now, at at that point, clearly nobody had any explanation for, for the mechanism of this. And so as you looked further, what did you discover? Well, there's some natural occurring phenomenon like this, um, one of which is tornadoes. <clears throat> okay. You know, like um, uh, I happened to, uh, or our family went to Topeka, Kansas, mm-hmm. right after, I think it was 1966, June 8th, when um, when there's that horrendous uh, tornado that went through town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... We're on our way westward. We lived in Kansas City at the time, and it made a, like a 22-mile-long path, and it, the widest point was like half a mile. And from a little tyke there, I, I uh, thought it was an apartment building, but it was probably a dorm of the college. Mm-hmm. And it looked like it just sliced the building in two. You could see somebody had made their bed. There's some magazines or books on the bed and magazines on the dresser, clothes hanging in the closet. And the building was just sliced. Right. Half of it was gone. And um, you hear about tornadoes lifting stuff up, like, you know, uh, Toto, <laughs> right. you know, the Wizard of Oz in the house, you know, being picked up. Yeah, why do they float? It's not a vacuum. It's anti-gravity. But when I saw the remains of Building 4, it was like an exacto knife sliced off most of uh, the north wing, and it remained, and the rest of the building was just gone. Uh, from across the street, if you had some binoculars, you could read what was on somebody's desk. And it reminded me of the same thing. It's just like the you know, building's just gone. Uh, and that's where the tipping top of Tower 2 was aimed but didn't get there. It didn't punch through the ground. The uh, mall right underneath Building 4, there was pictures with the rescue workers walking upright. You can read innovation luggage, Hallmark cards. So you know right where that is. And um, that's another thing. Tipping top of, of Tower 2, it starts tipping, and then it stops tipping and goes down. Appears to. It appears to violate the laws of physics. Right. Uh, but what that is is proof that it was turning to dust and breaking down. Because the law of conservation of angular momentum, it was no longer a rigid body rotating. Each little particle was now rotating. So that could conserve the law of conservation of angular momentum. But as a whole, it appeared to stop rotating. That's pretty slick. Yeah, well, Does, yeah, it's, it's, again, pretty, pretty unknown. So uh, here, here is uh, Dr. Judy, Dr. Judy Wood, and I've got a link to the book on Raleigh.net, by the way, as well as uh, Dr. Wood's website. And uh, she, she knows of what she speaks clearly, and she's seeing something she's never seen before. And, uh, well, maybe some tornadic activity to a degree. But even so, we'll pick it up right there. Because, again, you and I, maybe we know uh, absolutely nothing about science when it comes down to it. But for a scientist who has not only studied but teaches it, done dissertation in it, and is seeing this kind of thing, clearly in a position to know that what she saw is something that just can't happen. So what did happen? We'll pick it up there on WGN Radio. Something's missing from my life. 
WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. Something's missing, all right. And what's interesting is how even individuals with scientific knowledge were able to be easily misdirected about what they were seeing on 911. Dr. Judy Wood wasn't one of them, and she's written Where Did the Towers Go? And it is a fascinating book, and we've been talking about this for a long time, and it's still just the concept sends chills down my down my spine. So... so Clearly, Doctor. The information in the book isn't isn't solely about nine eleven. That's that happens to be the example used, yeah. but it's really a course in critical thinking that you first need to determine what happened before you can say how it happened. You have to define what it is that happened. Yes, and then only, only then do you get to who and why and all that. Yet we heard on nine eleven they they did this because they hated us for our freedoms. What was it that, that happened? That never got determined. And, and, uh, that, that goes to everything. And you're so right about that. And even today, it seems like critical thinking, like basic logic, has gone out the window more and more as time has gone on. Uh, you, you, you witness this with many individuals across the spectrum where they no longer know how to think they know what to think and they're they're exactly. comfortable in that knowledge and uh i think you and i are not to uh, to say the least so with that in mind so here uh short of some things you saw in tornadic activity and we'll get to uh the the cars which were fascinating where cars would literally be destroyed and right next to them not not a, not an ounce of damage but or part of the cars Right, right, exactly. Where a portion of the car is just toast, so to speak, and the rest of the car is like absolutely nothing happened. So as you look at that and you say, what could cause this, as I say, other than tornadic activity, what did you conclude? Well, it's important not to tell the witness where the evidence where it should go, but to listen to it. And then uh, you end up seeing other phenomena like that, and... um, uh, it, it, it just was weird, but I had all these different categories, toasted cars, uh, lathering up, uh, fuzzballs, um, dustification. And then I happened to trip onto somebody's blog in the middle of the night. Like, wait a minute, it looks like 9-11, but this is some guy's uh, living room. And that was John Hutchison. Mm. And he could reproduce every one of the effects. I'm calling this parallel evidence. That's, mm-hmm. You know, you can't say one thing one way or the other, but imagine a piece of uh, a steel beam bent like a pretzel without any any um, cracks in the metal or holes in it, just kind of half withered away, half dustified. Yeah. yeah how do you explain that? Ah, here's the best one, and I've, I've seen this since the book came out, <clears throat> but I should add it in at the end. Um, remember when the Pope visited a few years ago? Sure. And went, went to the 9-11 Memorial. They had this Bible artifact that has uh, formerly uh, liquid metal stuck to the pages that resolidified. Why was it liquid? The pages are not burnt. The metal flowed over the page and then resolidified. Whoa. And I was curious what the Pope would do in that clip. He, he just bows his head down and says a prayer to himself or something, and then goes on. He would not make eye contact with it. It was interesting. But 
how many people look at that and see that? And that's part of our, our lack of uh, thinking system. People see what they expect to see. They're busy, like um, a multiple choice test. They're busy just trying to, you know, pattern match mm-hmm. and not determine what it is they're looking at and to see what it is they're looking at. And that, that seems to be something that's becoming less and less. And then people make models and people uh, of whatever it is, um, and, and people say, oh, then the computer model must be true. There's fewer and fewer uh, engineering places that are doing experimental work. You know, universities, because it takes so much lab space, you can put in a whole lot of computers and, and do it in this fictional uh, world of, of um, models. And let me just uh, read you down a quick list of things that we've modeled and gotten wrong. 9-11, climate change, COVID, voting polls. You see a pattern there. There's a model, and people buy into it, whatever it is. And that's so easy to, to trick them to jump past that stage of what happened. Exactly, exactly. It's as if they want the conclusion to match their worldview, whatever it is, and everything in the middle be damned. And, you know, especially when we're talking about where did the towers go, there is an awful lot of information about what controlled demolition looks like. You can't can't look Mm -hmm. anywhere online without seeing this upfront and personal, yet it seems that all of that goes out the window. So that's where we're going to pick it up. We're talking about where did the towers go? Dr. Judy Wood has written the book. I've got a link on Raleigh.net. And uh, yeah, I find it fascinating that she is almost a lone voice in this because this should be the question everyone is asking because the answer far eclipses all the horror of 911. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. Going, going, gone. Yeah, that's exactly the story. The Broadway's 1966 on MGM, and no, it didn't chart. Trade Martin arranged it, though. We'll have him on some Monday night. We're talking with Dr. Judy Wood. Where did the towers go? It is a fascinating tale, but it is, uh, it is I was going to say, so interesting, but probably so disheartening that uh, the drama we were seeing at the time, people wanting to be misled, and I say that because so willingly being misled, has been perpetrated today pretty much into every aspect of life. We have lockstep mentality now, and those who dare to question are seen to be the enemy. We just heard that on a soundbite on the news. So if anything... This is increasing, and that's, that's got to make you feel pretty bad, Judy. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, reading something before I, I wrote my book <clears throat> that the truth would never come out because a lot, most people couldn't handle it. And I, ah, no way, you know, you can handle it. I've come to see that a lot of people can't. Yeah. They, they have their ideology. They don't want it disturbed with, with information. Right, yeah, yeah, don't let the facts get in the way, heaven forbid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here, I've got a good example of that. There's this organization that's, uh, that's goal is to prove that, that uh, bombs caused it. So now they're setting up a false choice. They hired a forensic engineer from the uh, University of Alaska to um, take on some graduate students to model what happened to WTC-7 as a, a fire and show that it can't work. 
Well, instead of figuring out what happened, this guy sets out to do this model. <clears throat> and he couldn't figure it, it wouldn't work, but he couldn't figure out what actually happened to the buildings. And here's the conclusion, saving from the conclusion of their final report. Is our conclusion, based on these findings, that the collapse of WTC7 was a global failure involving the near simultaneous failure of all columns in the building and not a progressive collapse involving the sequential failure of columns throughout the building? Yes, I agree. <laughs> but, but, but the fact that you have a near simultaneous failure of every column in the building, bombs can't do that. Right, yeah, that was that was where I was going. Okay, I I agree with his conclusion. Now, <laughs> exactly in, how in a later did that interview, happen? He, he said uh, this is the first time I've ever seen a failure come down where the concrete was powder instead <laughs> of broken chunks. The same with respect to the steel. Yeah, but he's still hell bent on. He had a conclusion, and boy, he's going to prove it. All right, Doug in Chicago wants to join us. Welcome to WGN Radio, Doug. Thank you, Raleigh. Um, my my daughter was was a homeschooled high schooler, and one of the things she studied was art, and part of it was architecture. And we got a videotape out of the library that actually showed a wireframe twin towers and an airplane flying into it. And they said because of the construction of the, the, those buildings. It was it was like a, a, a straight tube from top to bottom, and that if if an airplane crashed near the top, it would make like a Bunsen burner effect, draw cold air in from the bottom, superheat it, and burn it at the top. Well, I saw this like six months before you know nine eleven happened, and I said, "Oh wow, that's a gimme," and I, I got a feeling seriously that those guys saw the same videotape that I did and got the idea to do it. Well, oh, I don't know who I don't know who planned what, but uh, you look at the buildings. You've got unburned paper fluttering through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't high heat. Mm. And that's and the, that's also the, the, the um, second, third, and fourth floor of Tower One. Uh, you had survivors who uh, thought they're they're goners. They, the building seemed like it was coming down. They thought, and um, they just kind of hunkered down in the stairwell. And then when the dust cleared, they looked up and saw blue sky and walked out. And, uh, where where did the 106 stories go? Yeah. You know, they, they, it, it was bizarre. They didn't get crushed. They didn't get burned up. They walked out. Hmm. In the videotape, they made the statement that, that the architectural method would have to be changed so there wasn't a continual path or air from the basement yeah, well. to the top floor. Well, and, and that, that's all well and good, but it doesn't explain most of what we saw on 911. No, no. Yeah, but that, no, the, the, it doesn't. Actually, the design of the towers came, came from uh, uh, biomimicry, uh, noticing how trees, because these buildings are going to be tall, they'd need to sway in the breeze like trees, and trees yeah. have rings, and that's what makes them strong. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm delighted that you homeschooled, and I bet your children are yeah. better off for it. So thanks for calling, Doug. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You yes, ma'am. Okay, that's fine. All right, Tom is in Covington. You're on WGN Radio. Uh, hello, Riley and Dr. Wood. I missed the first part of the program. You may have already stated what you're doing now, but I know you you lost your job as a physics professor because you wrote that book and dared to disagree with the baloney. 
Well, I, if I wanted to get a job, you know, I'm, I'm a hot potato. Yeah. As it was while I was still teaching, uh, all sorts of trolls um, emailed my department chair, the dean. It was disruptive. Yeah. It was just, um, and, and I even had, the word doxing wasn't out then, but the guy I was renting my house from, I didn't realize what books he'd written, what, what businesses he owned, but there it was on the Internet. The trolls had looked it up. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, just, yeah like- it's stuff like that. that it, they're just trying out that kind of thing for the first time. But um, I just put my head down, in, you know, what what is, is. Uh, this wasn't about who did it. You first have to figure out what happened, and that's what I was set out to do. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, I remember, I remember uh, listening to the radio, and I heard that going on. I went and fr- turned on the video machine, and I don't think they ever repeated the video on the news of people jumping out of the top floors and going splat on the concrete. And also, they came out with the bologna sausage story that the heat from the jet fuel burning uh, heated up the steel and weakened it. Well, the buildings came straight down like a demolition. They didn't topple over. And the the jet fuel burns at something like 800 degrees, and it takes about 2,000 degrees to get steel hot enough for it to bend. Plus the fact that uh, the planes flying into the buildings. They didn't come down. Yeah, right. Right, yeah, well, exactly. it, in 1945, I think it was a four-engine prop plane that hit the Empire State Building in New York City. And my dad was in a hotel down the street, and he heard it. He said it he started fire. You're right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the engines went completely through the building and fell down mm-hmm. to the street on the other side of the building. Yeah, It didn't, didn't permanently damage the structure of the building. It just caused some fires. So, And the biggest... Almost probably as big or bigger baloney was the Oklahoma City Murrow building. Oh, that, yeah, that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah, where where car bombs are directional. All right. Yeah, <laughs> and if yeah, if they, they make cylindrical stru- cutouts in the building. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the windows across the street were not touched at all, of course. Right. Oh, and they yeah, had toasty well, cars there too. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it didn't. Isn't it in your book? I think you said that. It's something I had never heard of before, I think, called taconite is capable of vaporizing steel and concrete. That what? Taconite, T-A-C-O-N-I-T-E, that I think the military had or something like that that it could vaporize steel uh, and concrete. This, didn't va- this wasn't vaporized. The, the, actually, the temperature was lowered relative to ambient temperature, according to the witnesses, and according to the paper you see fluttering around, the unburned paper. Yeah, that's what's fascinating about it. Tom, thank you for calling. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, that's what I mean about defies anything we uh, we know. Uh, fire without heat, heat without fires. And I assume... Bending of, of metals without cracking it. Right, right. And you've got some, some pictures of that in Where Did the Towers Go, in fact, and many pictures of, of much of this. But Oh, another interesting phenomenon uh, as regard to explosions that, that people heard, there, there was uh, particular things that were identified. You know the air tanks the firefighters wear so they can breathe clean air sure. when they go into a smoky area? Uh, at street level, they were exploding. Whoa. Um, you know, what was so it? Yeah, if uh, if the the thing starts to dustify or it starts to weaken, that pressure is cutting loose at some point. 
So with all of that, and with now almost 20 years later, have you been able to draw any conclusions about what happened? I, I see parallel evidence. The next time you see a, a tornado, think of that. Like, remember the flying trucks in Dallas-Fort right. Worth area a few years ago? Right. Yeah, it, it's, and then they, they were gently set down. They, you know, they had nothing in them, so the, the trailers kind of slumped over a little bit, but they, weren't, they didn't get trashed. And uh, dumpsters didn't didn't take off. One one uh, difference, and also why tornadoes like trailer parks, they're not as well grounded. It, the uh, yeah. if the char the charge can build up faster than it discharges. So getting grounded is a good idea. You know that's oh, yeah. that's why the cars justified, but the street signs didn't. Which makes you think that this technology, because clearly we didn't see a tornado on that day, yet we're seeing the force of one. Technology yeah. has implications well beyond 911. We're largely talking about free energy technology. Exactly. And uh, they showed it to us. So, you know, uh, Tesla didn't want to bring it into existence because it might be used for evil purposes. Well, already been there, done that. So that's not a risk anymore. Might as well use it for good. Free energy that's clean. Uh, It's just unlimited almost, it seems. Well, of course, that upsets the economic model of those who seek to control us or or those who say that that we're going to have to stop industry because of global warming or what have you. Uh, There there are so many paradigms that get turned on its head with that. But... Again, to have video of this and uh, literally a lot of preservation of this and to not look at this to talk about what did we see is startling to me. I was sure when we first talked well over a decade ago that by now something would have come out and you continue to be the lone voice. Well, remember I I, uh, took this case to court Yes. Um, that the, the NIST report was fraudulent because they never determined what happened. They only uh, published a model of what could have, might have, maybe happened. Again, it was modeling rather than looking at what actually did happen. And I uh, went to the Court of Appeals, and only then did I realize the significance of this case. The judges dismissed it, but were respectful enough to put in the uh, footnote that they're dismissing, they're, they had to ignore the law in order to dismiss the case. Fascinating. And like, okay, they, that's when I realized they don't want to get justified on the way home from work. Right, right. Well, obviously we haven't seen a display of this magnitude of the energy anyway, but it makes you wonder if in some situations that it isn't being used for other reasons, because when you're talking about directed free energy, this has a lot of wonderful implications, and it Mm -hmm. it does make me wonder, do you think any work of this is going on somewhere? Um, Maybe in somebody's basement, but the good thing about putting this out in the open if people know about it, they can develop it out in the open. Not, you know, the secrecy of their basement, uh, they get they get uh, suicided. Yeah. But if it's out in the open and just everybody knows about it, if half the population read my book, we'd have free energy. 
And if a tenth of those understood what they read, I'm sorry to say, because, again, if you come at it from a worldview that is completely devoid of logic and you're used to the mm-hmm. comfort of, well, the talking head told me and the, uh, the major media told me, so it's got to be true, uh, they're predisposed against you on principle because then you, you become the feared enemy. Uh, yes, very much. Um, I, I like what John Hutchison said when Jesse Ventura interviewed him. Yeah. He said, well, uh, with this, why, why are you still alive? And he smiled and grinned you know, and said, because I'm a raven lunatic. Exactly. No, he, I, he pretends he's a raven lunatic, and then they leave him alone. Th- this is so true. Now, I, I had a friend a zillion years ago, and maybe he is crazy now. I don't know. We haven't been in touch in a while. But I remember so many years ago, before the Clintons were even elected, Larry Nichols, and he pretty much said, I'm going to become a carnival act. I'm going to be so visible, nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and boy, he was nothing if not that. And so that, that's a good point. If you come into this finding a way to marginalize yourself, you're no longer a target. And, uh, again, without enough public interest and public outcry, literally a technology that could, could turn the world on its ear in terms of free energy uh, continues to be something to be feared. It's, it's alarming to me. Yeah. But, uh, it's another statement I love. Who controls the energy controls the people. Oh, of course. But, wait, but he who controls their perception controls everything. Oh, God. Uh, absolutely. I'm down with that 100%. Where did the towers go? Evidence of directed free energy technology on 911. If you haven't read it, you should. If you're saying, well, I don't know, I'm not going to buy a copy of the book. Well, I think you should, by the way. But then just just go to drjudywood.com. It's drjudywood.com. And you will see enough to hopefully spark your interest in something that absolutely can affect you. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. That's Tavares in the background. Heaven must be missing an angel. Yeah, we're talking about missing. Yeah, logic is missing. Buildings are missing. And uh, anything that anyone knows about science is not in evidence. Yet, the lockstep mentality is, oh, 911, yeah, it's exactly as the media portrayed it. Again, this is not about who did this? This is about what did you see? What is this technology? And Dr. Judy Wood, who has literally put her life and her career on the line to go into this and has all the goods to know what she's talking about, Where Did the Towers Go? is the book, Evidence of Directed Free Energy Technology. And, you know, Judy, I know we've discussed this over the years, but one of the questions that comes up all the time, and I've never heard it succinctly answered, is, well, some of this, if this were by the story that the media has given us and everybody else, we'd see remnants of plane engines or, or something. But it seems like all of the evidence turned to dust. If, if we're even assuming uh, that's what made the uh, uh, wild right. coyote hole in the building. Right. And the, the, the building went, went poof in the same way. There's witnesses, and that's in my book, witnesses who... I uh, thought another plane was coming in because he, he saw an explosion. He never saw a plane, and um, and people then said it was a it was a plane. So he heard that same sa- weird sound again, a whistling kind of sound, and then he got his camera out, and got ready because he was going to catch it this time. And then he saw the building turning to dust in his in his camera view, and then yeah. decided to run for it. Yeah, it, which it is was, it, it's like the same technology. 
Yeah, absolutely chilling. But even even if it did happen the way the the story goes, the evidence wouldn't be as it is. You know, assu- right. assuming a plane hits a building, they do hit buildings. We've seen what happens. Uh, they don't turn to dust. Correct. Especially an hour later. Well, and that's the part I don't get in this, is that, like you say, look at the evidence. Well, even the evidence on the ground belies the official story. Yeah. A, a good uh, report was from George Stephanopoulos the next day, just about 25 hours later. He's there, and Peter Jennings is in the studio. And uh, and George says, Peter says, uh, George, Jackie Judd and several others have been asking, uh, where did the buildings go? Where, where's all the rubble? And George says, well, Peter, I've been, I've been asking folks that. And one volunteer, Robert Gerlinski, explained all fell down into the ground, was pulverized, evaporated. How does that happen? You have to feel sorry for him. He's there to tell the world what's happening, and that's the best he could do. But he, he is recording the fact that there's a lot of building missing. Well, right, on all of this. And, that's and he's the... trying to fit it into a conclusion, and that's the best he could do. And I guess maybe that's the worst indictment against any science education there's ever been, that people lockstep have bought this because it's... They look into a multiple choice. Well, I only know about bombs and I only know about gravity collapses and itty, meeny, miny, mo. Rather than, let's just look at the evidence. Even if you don't, you've not seen that before, pretend you're, uh, you're Native American and it's the first time you've seen white man and that thing that shoots bullets. You don't know what it is, but it shoots a bullet fast enough and hard enough to kill your, your brother. You don't have to know what it was. You saw what it did. Right, and there's there's all the anecdotal evidence in the world that, that people witnessing something that they have no idea exists don't see it. And, uh, you know, t- story after story about this, but here it is. The evidence has been preserved from the standpoint of, of video and all that, and it seems like... Lots of images. We're, yeah. we're no closer today. Than we were 19 well, years nobody ago. Wants, nobody wants to know. It's, um, if people want to know, they can know. But it, they're afraid, I guess. Or they want to stay with the herd. Yeah. That's, that's another problem that happens. Yeah, then now, now we're getting into human nature, which, uh, which is a force maybe greater than anything else. And uh, it's, uh, it's such a fascinating book, and it clearly is your legacy. But I hope we will both live to see the reality behind this come to the forefront so that it is technology that we actually could use. There's over uh, 800 color images and diagrams in the book. It's it's yeah. over a 500-page book. It's like a, a engineering textbook, but it's not hard to read. And actually, you don't even need to read it. You just look at the pictures, exactly. and they'll walk you through it. But you have words in case you need some. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just uh, it's one of the things I've moved several times since you wrote it, and it's always uh, always making the trip with me, and always will. And I hope we'll talk again, Judy. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for having the courage to have me. Oh, my pleasure. I, this is nothing compared to you literally put your life and career on the line. So thank you for that. All right, Dr. Judy Wood, and it is Where Did the Towers Go? Take a look at it and go to drjudywood.com.